Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Hashtag Tourism Body Tuesday for our latest update with a very much in desire destination where merely mentioning the name, I know you are all smelling your favourite restaurant, tasting your favourite coffee or possibly imagining sipping on some amazing wine. Without further ado, I welcome you the Italian National Tourist Board and the one and only Emmanuel. Emmanuel, welcome. Thank you. Grazie, Dylan. È un veramente un piacere. Mi chiamo Emanuele Attanasio e lavoro per l'Agenzia Nazionale del Turismo. Ok. Sì, sì, sì. I'll continue in English. How does that sound? Oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's great to be here and, um, you know, supporting you guys. And um, it's always great to talk about Italy, which is why we're here today. It is indeed. Now, Emmanuel, I've got my doppio espresso ready to roll. Uh, uh, now, today, like Good always... Wine. <laughs> you will take us on a journey on essentially on the who, what, where, when, why and how of Italy. And from there, we'll take a deeper dive into some of Backroads touring key regions that we experience on tour. Of the 21 regions we have chosen for you today, Puglia, Tuscany, yep. Luca, oh not Luca, so Lombardi and Sicily. So um, what we'll do, we'll have Emmanuel take us deep and dark into these destinations to really enhance your knowledge and understanding of why your customers probably want to go there. And then we'll wrap up with your trade site where there may be a chance to win something pretty bloody big. But we'll get to that. Over to you, my friend. Thanks, Dylan. Um, yeah, so I guess um, I wanted to actually start off by, because um, it's a question that I'll get asked a lot. When is the best time to visit Italy? It's one of the main questions that I always get asked. So I, I thought I'd put that, um, I, I, you know, I'd start talking about that first. I mean, Italy is a country that has something special to offer any time of the year. You know, you can think about the spectacular islands, the volcanoes, the snowfields, the Alpine mountains, the country, the Tuscan countryside, the art cities. So any time of year is, is good to visit Italy. You know, spring and autumn, great times of the year for travellers wanting to enjoy the art cities at a, at a slower pace. Um, autumn is particularly enjoyable in the Dolomites and in the Lakes District of the Lombardy region and the Veneto region or even, you know, nearby Rome and Apulia. In summer, of course, you can visit the beaches on both sides of the coast, as well as the islands of Sardinia and Sicily. And then, of course, in winter, you've got the Alpine mountains, uh, which are popular for skiing. Uh, and you have some of the, you know, the world's most famous uh, winter sports resorts um, in, the north, in the north of Italy. You know, skiing is also a summer sport in the mountains of um, Piemonte and oh, really? the wow. Valley. So um, any time of the year is, is good to visit Italy. Um, personally, for me, um, I've always been a big fan, fan of, um, you know, going there in, in the summertime, but recently I've had a change of heart. I, I, you know, it's, if you think about spending Christmas with the Christmas lights um, in some of the most amazing destinations with the Christmas markets, it's, it's a great time um, to, um, to visit Italy. So I guess uh, my um, presentation today is also about, uh, you know, what makes Italy a unique destination. Now, there are so many reasons to visit Italy. It's not one of those places where you go for one particular reason, like, you know, to lay down, lay on a beach. You know, we've got art and culture, sea and lakes, mountains, food, wine, sport and wellness, festivals and events, and, and of course, the shopping. And, um, you know, speaking of art and culture, you know, there are over 3,000 museums in Italy, 5,000 oh. monuments, 
34 entertainment sites. It's just, you know, it goes on and on and on. And then, of course, we've got nature. We've got uh, Sicily's two active volcanoes of Stromboli and Etna. Around, Na around Naples, you'll see the Vesuvius volcano that destroyed uh, Pompeii. Then, of course, we've got, you know, the sea. Think about the Amalfi Coast and the villages of the Cinque Terre, the islands of Sicily and Sardinia. Of course, the mountains, which I uh, mentioned earlier, you know, the, uh, the Alps and the Dolomites and the Apennines. And then, of course, the famous lakes districts that have attracted artists and writers uh, for hundreds of years. Famous people go there today. Think about, you know, George Clooney that's got a villa there. Uh, food and wine, all the regional cuisine in Italy. And then, of course, we've got... Um, you know, sport and wellness and, you know, attending a soccer match is uh, reason in itself to go and visit Italy. <laughs> Festivals and events, think about the, you know, the Venice Carnival or the Palo di Siena. And of course, the shopping, you know, Italy's, uh, you know, Milan is, is one, of the four, Definitely. one of the four fashion capitals in the world. And we've got uh, 55 UNESCO World Heritage Sites, uh, which is uh, more than any other country in the world. So if you think about all these reasons uh, to visit Italy, you know, there's plenty there. Um, today, we are going to talk about uh, five particular regions. So there are actually 20 regions in Italy, and uh, we are not going to go through all of them, of course, because we'll be here all day. Oh, they want to they but... hear from us, mate. Let's do a five-hour. <laughs> but uh, we are going to talk about uh, five regions starting from the Puglia region. Uh, Puglia is easily identified on the map of Italy as it runs down the east coast all the way into the heel of the boot. So if you can imagine Italy being in, in the shape of a boot, it's actually the heel part of Italy. It borders the Adriatic and the Ionian Seas in this, um, and in the south the Gulf of Taranto and the Strait of Otranto. It's got a population of just over 4 million. Um, and it's one of the largest and most populated of the 20 Italian regions. So what to do and see in the Puglia region? Um, what I thought about doing is just five highlights in no particular order. But um, you've got, um, you know, if you're heading to Puglia, you definitely need to visit the Gargano Peninsula, which is considered to be a paradise for nature lovers, also thanks to its amazing views. Uh, the Gargano Peninsula includes the Gargano National Park, the Umbra Forest and the Tremiti Islands. Um, you can visit lakes, go hiking, there's protected wildlife, medieval towns, historic sites, stunning beaches, caves, and of course traditional food as well. There are hundreds of um, lemon trees growing alongside the olive groves, you know, spending a week here is, is quite easily done. And um, even then, you still may not get to see everything. It's got the largest amount of orchards um, growing in, in one place in the whole of Europe. Um, at number two, I've put Bari, which is the capital, um, which is, sorry, the largest um, city in, in, in Puglia. It's got an international airport, a major port, and there are many reasons um, to visit the city, starting from its historic center. You can visit churches, monuments, piazzas, theatres, narrow cobblestone streets. A highlight includes the Church of um, St. Nicholas, which actually dates back to 1087, as it's meant to, meant to be the resting home for Santa Claus, believe it or not. <laughs> Richard didn't know that one. No, that's a new one. Um, for shopping enthusiasts, you can head to Corso Cavour, Via Sparano, and Via, um, via Manzoni. Bari makes also a great base for anyone wanting to explore um, the south of Italy as well. 
Number three, I've put the Trulli houses, which um, those of you who can see my screen um, are those uh, funny shaped houses there, the Trulli houses. Um, the, you know, they've got cone shaped um, roofs, uh, which are unique to the Puglia region. They originated in the town of um, Alberobello in the 16th century BC. Um, and they're spread throughout the nearby towns of Martina Franca, Conversano, Loco Rotondo, and Cisternino. Albero Bello, um, you'll see, um, you know, there's, there's amazing, they're actually made out of limestone. There are about a thousand of them, and they're actually UNESCO World Heritage listed. And um, today, many are restored so that they're sort of more functional for modern living as well. At number four, I've put Lecce. <coughs> Uh, which is often referred to as the Pearl of the Baroque architecture or the Florence of the South due to its uh, Baroque style architecture. Uh, it's a city that has um, much to offer. History, architecture, great food and shopping. Some of the best beaches in Puglia are located around um, Lecce and um, are popular holiday destinations for many celebrities. Um, Helen Mirren even owns a property here. Oh, there you go. And last but not least, I've put Ostuni, which is known as the White City. It's located um, high up in the hills. You can wander around the ancient cobblestone mazes, and thanks to its hilltop location, it provides breathtaking views across the Adriatic Sea. The old historic centre is filled with beautiful churches and buildings. There's traditional local arts and craft shops that are definitely worth checking out. Um, that's pretty much, I mean, I could have I could have done 10 or 15 highlights of Puglia, but we thought we'd keep it at five. Um, so it's definitely, um, you know, on, it should be on anyone's bucket list for sure. Yeah. I mean, for, for backwards touring, we've our, our secrets of Puglia tour, which unfortunately is from the Campania region in Napoli, but, um, it's straight across the next day into the Puglia region. And a lot of the sites, except for the Gargano Peninsula, we, we, we visit on this tour. So a nice little eight-day um, jaunt whilst you're experimenting all the regions and areas of Italy. Um, but a much, much loved, much popular destination for the Australian tourists. So look, thank you for taking us through that a little bit deeper. And I'm sure there's a few more additional sites and delights for our guests' free time to go exploring once they're touring through Puglia. But let's move across to Tuscany. Can you tell us a little bit more about Tuscany there, Emanuele? Yeah, so Tuscany is, you know, obviously filled with artistic masterpieces, which are located, um, you know, in the city's main art cities, but, but not only in the main art cities, also in the small medieval um, villages, which are spread everywhere. Um, you know, the countrysides, hilltop towns, medieval hamlets and villages have their own unique uh, characteristics and charm. And in my top five, I've put, I'm started from uh, Florence, uh, which is the capital city of the region. It's considered to be the cradle of the Renaissance. It's famous all around the world for its contributions to the arts and culture of modern society. Um, during the Middle Ages, Florence is one of the most important cities in the world and the birthplace of artists such as Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. Uh, nowadays, Florence is a thriving city with so much to offer. Um, you can start, you know, checking out the city with the famous cathedral and the baptistry, which you can see in this uh, picture if anyone, for anyone watching. Uh, the Ponte Vecchio uh, crossing the Arno River is, you know, obviously intriguing because of its, the gold shops and the stalls. Piazza della Signoria, which contains the medieval Palazzo Vecchio, the Galleria dell'Accademia dell and the Fountain of Neptune. 
Uh, Florence is considered an, an open-air museum. So even though it's actually famous for the Uffizi Gallery, which is one of the most famous galleries in the world, what I mean by open-air museum is you actually don't have to go to a museum to, um, to appreciate Florence. Simply strolling around the streets is actually like being in a, in a museum within itself. Yeah, I'll agree with that, definitely. At number two, I've put in Siena. Um, the historic centre is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Um, you can visit the fortress of the Medici family. You can visit the oval-shaped square Piazza del Campo where the uh, popular horse race Il Palio is held um, in summer. And not to be missed are also its beautiful Gothic buildings which include the cathedral and the Palazzo Pubblico as well as the numerous churches. Siena is surrounded by a green, lands green landscapes, medieval ancient castles, fortresses and farmhouses. So it's literally in the middle of um, this green field. So if you're traveling there on a bus, you can just, you know, you can see the rolling hills of Tuscan. And then all of a sudden you come, you come across this amazing city, which is um, Siena. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Number three, I've included Pisa, um, which is, uh, you know, another famous, uh, stunning art city. Uh, famous for its iconic leaning tower, which is actually the bell. The leaning tower is actually the bell tower of the cathedral, um, believe it or not. So they just, you know, many people just think it's this leaning tower, but it, it's actually part of the um, the um, cathedral, the baptistry and the, and the, the monumental cemetery. Pisa is also a university town and um, has several other interesting museums, uh, botanical gardens and spectacular scenery along the Arno River, which is the same river that crosses um, Florence as well. And number four, I've put in Lucca. It's known as the city of 101 churches. It's, it's the only city in Italy where you can actually walk along a complete set of ancient walls, which were built um, as protection from the nearby cities, which were, which were once at war. So walking and cycling paths and gardens sit on, sit, um, on top of the walls of Lucca, allowing visitors to uh, you know, walk completely around the, the town's historic centre. Lucca's got world, uh, several well-preserved towers that provide incredible views of the city and beyond. Um, and I've got a soft spot for Lucca because that's where actually I grew, I grew up and I went to school there. Oh, fantastic. But um, it's incredible. Did you know that the Rolling Stones last year on their world tour, instead of going to Rome or Milan in a big stadium, they actually did a concert just outside the walls of Lucca. So Lucca <laughs> became this international city because they were coming from everywhere just to go check out the Rolling Stones in, in this small medieval town, which I thought amazing. was amazing. Well done, guys. <laughs> yeah. And last but not least, I've included San Gimignano. It's known as the city of medieval towers. The, uh, the 14 towers create a distinctive skyline, which is visible from the surrounding countryside. So they used to call it, well, it's known as the, Manhattan, the medieval Manhattan, because you've got all these medieval towers that, uh, that create this skyline. And you can visit the Etruscan Museum and the historic Collegiata di Santa Maria Assunta. And the town is also World Heritage listed by unesco fantastic mate me um our tuscan treats tour which is an eight-day tour through the region here <clears throat> encapsulates almost everything you've talked about in that presentation which is amazing um, unfortunately there's no rolling stones concert as part of our tour but um we will look to look to include that in our next year's program if we can and uh, we get a we actually are fortunate enough to stay within luca as part of that tour for two nights as well so 
ample opportunities for, for guests to do a lot of that walking um, that you mentioned uh, across the old city and all the sort of nooks and crannies that exist within that. So just as a quick one, though, I mean, this is taking off from Florence. Um, you know, Rome's, I guess, you know, identified as that sort of hub of, of Italy, but how would you recommend getting to Florence if it wasn't so much as flying into Florence? Is there, is there some easy ways you'd recommend guests could make, make their way there? Yeah, so do you mean from Australia? Oh, no, just, just from, um, from, like from Rome, for example, as, as that hub. Okay, so um, we've got, I mean, you know, Italy is really well connected with high-speed trains, so you can pretty much get anywhere um, on a high-speed train. There's, there's the uh, Italo and Trenitalia, so you've got a choice of two rail, rail companies. And from Rome to Florence, um, nowadays on a high-speed train, takes about just over an hour, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it's that that fast, and an hour, an hour and a half. Yeah, um, but also you can actually there are some airlines for Qatar Airways, for example, flies directly from Australia all the way to Pisa Airport in Tuscany. I've done it as well. Well, via Doha, obviously. So you got to stop over in Doha, and then you can fly directly to Pisa, and then from Pisa to Florence on a train takes about an hour as well. Um, not because it's further away than Rome, but just because it's not a high-speed train. It's just a local train that sort of stops everywhere. Um, so it's it's easy. It's really, really easy. Oh, wow. Well, the Qatar part, I had no idea. But that's, a, that's an amazing choice of airport to go to, but, you know, it is an option yeah. now. Um, my last flight in February was, um, was um, <laughs> flying from Pisa back to Sydney on Qatar Airways. So wow. You can, yeah. That is something different. All right, cool. So... We've started south. We've made our way a little bit north. Let's um, keep heading north and let's go off to the region of Lombardy. Yeah, Lombardy or Lombardia is um, located in the heart of northern Italy. So it borders um, Switzerland to the north, uh, the Piedmont region to the west, Emilia-Romagna to the south, Veneto and Trentino Alto Adige um, to the east. Um, the region has many historical and artistic treasures as well as incredible alpine landscapes. Um, in my top five, I've included Milan, which is um, one of the most famous cities in Italy thanks to its history, artistic and cultural heritage. It's by far the most important city uh, for the country's economic development. So it's um, you know, the second biggest city in, in Italy after Rome, but the, the most important city as far as the economy is concerned. Uh, in Milan, you can visit the 600-year-old cathedral, the Duomo, which is a symbol of the city. Uh, it's also famous for the, for, for the Sforza Castle, for, for Castello Sforzesco. Leonardo da Vinci's Last Supper, which is um, located in the Church of Santa Maria delle Grazie. Uh, you can go shopping along the famous uh, shopping streets in Italy, Via della Spiga, Via Monte Napoleone. Or you can attend the opera performance at La Scala Theatre, which is one of the most famous theatres in the whole world. Number two, I've put in uh, Lake Como. Um, which is only about a, less than an hour's drive north of Milan. Uh, it's the most glamorous of Italy's lakes, uh, thanks to its, its picture-perfect villages on the water. Uh, Lake Homer's villas uh, once belonged to artists, writers, opera singers, and explorers. Uh, the most famous town on the lake is Bellagio, and uh, all the other towns can be easily reached by local ferry. You can visit monasteries, gardens, villas, museums, and typical restaurants. So you can pretty much spend the whole day on Lake Como, just going from one village to the other 
you know, you can, you can get the ferry across to say, um, Bellagio, Menaggio, have some lunch there, explore the, the gardens, the, the monasteries. And then, you know, once you, if you're bored, get onto the next ferry, go on to the other side, check out the next village. And you can literally spend the whole day just doing that. It's an amazing experience. And on the train from Milan to Varenna, which is one another one of the villages on the lakes, it's literally only about 30 minutes on the train. So it, very easily well connected. Number three, I've put in Pavia. It's the city that has an important historical legacy made up of great landmarks, such as the Certosa or the monastery, as it's also known. It's a religious complex just outside of the city, which dates back to the end of the 14th century. It was declared a national monument in the 1800s. And today it's recognized as one of the top attractions of the Lombardy region. Number four, I've put in Bergamo Alta which is a, a town famous for its spectacular views. Alta means high, so Bergamo Alta. The highlights of Bergamo Alta include uh, Piazza Vecchia, where you can find um, Palazzo della Ragione and the civic tower called Campano Campanone. Then in Piazza del Duomo, you can visit the cathedral, the Colleoni Chapel and the Church of Santa Maria Maggiore. Um, and then um, I've put in uh, Sirmione and Mantova. I couldn't choose between Sirmione and Mantova. <laughs> but Sirmione is a, a small uh, historic fortress town located on Legarda. The town is dominated by a 13th century, century castle, the Scagliera Castle, which is one of the, the most well-preserved castles in the whole of Italy. So it's this castle literally built on water. It's just amazing how they actually were able to do that. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Lombardy. Again, it's one of those regions where um, I could probably spend the whole day talking about. Um, <laughs> the Winter Olympics in 2026 say uh, are, are actually in um, in the region as well. So it's something that um, we'll be famous for as well. Wonderful. Now we have two amazing tours that go through the Lombardy region. So we have our Italian indulgence, which is actually touching on many regions of Italy and we've already been through a couple of those locations already, but that's where we get the opportunity to do that amazing lake cruise that Emmanuel was just talking about there. Um, simply stunning location region. And for me, I'm actually a snow bunny myself. So the North actually has an emotional pull to me. So all this talking about the winter Olympics does get me a little bit excited. And we also have our vistas of Italy and Switzerland as we make our way through from Venice up through to Switzerland across the borders through Lombardy. So some great ways to see a lot of that territory that Emmanuel has took us on. Um, but we've headed all the way north. Let's just jump all the way south for the next little part of our chat. And to finish off, let's take us to Sicily, please. Yeah, it's interesting because we've been, we've been jumping all across the country, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I just had a thought actually that the um, last time I was in Sicily, which was quite a few years ago now, maybe about six or seven years ago, I actually got a, on, one, on one of the low-cost uh, flights from Sicily to the Lombardy region, and it only took about 35 minutes on a, from Palermo Airport to yeah. Milan on a um on a flight so you can you can i know we're jumping from region to region but you can actually do that in real life as well <laughs> so i, I think that's actually quite important because a lot of our customers because our touring's a little bit modular they're a little bit shorter than a lot of tour operators are out there so to get from a to b c to d and e um and why i sort of mentioned that the the transport to get from rome to the likes of florence for example but yeah if there's ways that we can combine sicily which is obviously isolated to still be able to attach onto a, a northern or mid-range or a, another southern tour, um, 
in, in you know half an hour to an hour that that's simply amazing brilliant yeah speaking from experience yeah <laughs> so sicily is um it's it is a region i mean it's an island it's it's italy's largest island but it's actually considered a region as well so it's considered to be part of the 20 regions um, it offers incredible beaches, charming villages and towns, as well as an abundance of ancient ruins and archaeological sites. Um, throughout history, Sicily has been at the crossroad of various other cultures with influences from Northern Africa and the Middle East. In fact, you can tell um, you know, by the architecture how different it is from Northern Italy because of, of geographically it's located you know, closer probably to the Middle East rather than uh, in a region like Lombardia, which is, you know, borders Switzerland and, and you know, you've got uh, Austria nearby and, and France, uh, that which is not far as well. But I'm um, going back to Sicily. I mean, you can swim in the warm Mediterranean waters along rugged and sandy coastlines, explore hilltop sandstone villages and uncover centuries old ruins. Um, in my top five, I've included at number one, or oh, no particular order really, but um, starting with Taormina, <laughs> which is a hilltop town overlooking the Ionian coast. It's Sicily's most famous tourist spot. Um, it's filled with restaurants and shops and stunning beaches and renowned, um, it's renowned for the, for the Greek amphitheater, which actually sits high up on a hill uh, with its panoramic view of Mount Etna and the coast. Um, the amphitheater is actually still used for performances today. Um, it's got medieval walls which enclose the town, the old town's um, stone streets, and you can also visit several nearby castles. Um, Taormina is also considered a good base for day, day excursions in, um, in eastern Sicily as well. Number two, Mount Etna. It's the second most active volcano in the world. Um, so it's definitely a must-see um, when, when visiting Italy. To visit Mount Etna, you can easily take the cable car to 2,900 metres to begin your Etna expedition. Uh, taking the, the, cable, the cable car is actually, it's, it's actually not a shortcut. There are plenty of opportunities for hiking um, from the setting of the, you know, it's a starting point for, for hiking as well. Um, it's, it literally dominates the, um, the Sicilian landscape. And when I went on that Mount Etna, I remember it was sort of, it wasn't erupting, but it looked like it was erupting. So it was a little bit of a scary experience, but um, definitely <laughs> worth, worth visiting. Uh, number three, I've put in the Valley of the Temples and Agrigento. The Valley of the Temples is actually a UNESCO heritage listed site as well. It's made up of seven temples, which were built between 400 and 500 BC. Uh, they're an outstanding example of ancient Greek architecture and the Temple of Concordia is one of the most uh, well-preserved temples in the whole world. Uh, number four included Palermo, which is Sicily's capital um, and a city with its own distinct atmosphere. Uh, it's Sicily's beating heart, an ideal location for first timers to the island with, uh, who, you know, with, if you have, only have a week or so to explore it, you know, Palermo should definitely be included um, in, in visiting Sicily. Uh, not to be missed, Teatro Massimo, uh, which features Sicilian architecture and one of the world's most uh, renowned opera houses. Um, art and history lovers can visit Palazzo dei Normanni which is a Norman palace that's um, home to the um, Palatine Chapel. Uh, puppet show theatre is one of um, Palermo's quirky cultural features and you can catch regular performances at one of the many theatres in the city. 
And last but not least, the Anolian Islands. Um, the seven Anolian Islands are a true paradise just north of Sicily, Sicily's main islands. The largest and liveliest of the Anolian Islands, the Anolian Islands is Lipari, uh, where you can go sailing or kayaking, where you can even try some of the local hiking paths. You can literally spend a day just hopping between the islands to discover the black sand beaches and the volcanic views of Stromboli and, and Vulcano or the whitewash uh, villages of Panarea. So definitely worth checking out as well. Wow. And this is like, this was actually on my radar for this year. Um, and I'm Mine too. Due to mother nature and life, it's been paused Damn. hopefully just for a, a year. Um, but <clears throat> such an amazing place. I'm glad you sort of touched on just even that sort of look and feel. I mean, although you can identify Italy in your head as maybe a picture, um, up north, with, as you mentioned, all the bordering countries that you have attached to, which then obviously influences a little bit of language, a little bit of food, and definitely the architecture all the way down to the south. Where yes, you are even you're so much closer to the, to the Middle East and all those regions there, and then even their, their flavours and their smells and their drinks and everything will have quite a distinct difference to the mainland of Italy as well. So thank you for taking us to Sicily there. I mean, we, we do our dedicated Splendors of Sicily, which, which is just located in, in Sicily. So uh, making our way through from Palermo to Catania um, on this wonderful, wonderful 10-day tour. So really, really easy pace and everything but the Aeolian Islands we will visit as part of that tour there. So thank you for taking us deep and dark into Sicily there. That is definitely going to stay up in that top two destinations for me to get to when I'm back in Europe. So thank you again. But we've hit the four destinations today. We've taken you guys as far into Italy as we can within the time restraints of life. But um, Emmanuel also a fantastic thing to finish up for all the travel partners. Um, how about we take them through what's in it for them? Yes, thank you. I mean, this has um, been a great opportunity you know, not just to talk about Italy, but also talk about what we're doing as a tourist board. Um, we thought we would uh, sort of, you know, keep everyone engaged during these difficult times by um, coming up with this uh, Travel to Italy specialist program. So if you head to traveltoitalyacademy.com, you can um, basically become an Italy specialist. So it's like a training um, for uh, just destination training. So there's eight modules which you can uh, get through to, to sort of better your understanding of Italy as a tourism destination. Um, we've released six at the moment, so we've only got two more to go and it'll run through until the, uh, the end of the year. But, uh, you know, what's in it for you guys if you actually finish the eight modules? First of all, you gain more knowledge of Italy, as I, as I mentioned. So it's, you know, obviously it's, it's a great opportunity to learn sort of about Italy in, more in depth. But um, one of six lucky people will actually get a chance to win uh, one of six for meal trips to Tuscany. And, um, and that actually includes flights as well for 2021. So the way it works is that... Um, those of you who finish all the eight modules, uh, the last module is, is just a, a dedicated to Tuscany. What will happen is that um, we will also engage the, the Tuscany region. So my, my um, contacts at, um, at the Tuscany region, will, we will go online and we'll do a, a separate webinar just with those guys. 
to talk about everything Tuscany. And during that webinar, the Tuscany region will announce live who the winners of the six uh, Tuscany ah. trips are. So awesome. That's exciting stuff. super engaging. Well done. Yeah. So, yeah, I encourage everyone to log on to traveltoitalyacademy.com and start your tra Italy training. I've logged on now, mate. I'm halfway through it. I'm going to definitely be winning one of those trips. And uh, after my Tuscany trip, I'll make my way down to Sicily. So we are all set to go. So for, uh, for all other contacts for, um, for Italian National Tourist Board, we have them up on, uh, on our uh, Zoomcast, but I'll also attach them to all our other pages here too. Um, we have visititaly.com.au, italia.it, and sydney at enit.it. Social media, what do we have, Emanuela? Yeah, so you can follow us on Facebook. The, um, we have a um, Facebook page just for, for Australia and New Zealand, which is um, Italian National Tourist Board, or the, um, it's actually Facebook at AUS, which is Australia.Italia.it. And we've also, you can follow us on Twitter as well on Italia underscore AUS and our Instagram, which is Italia IT. Got to be up with the socials and got to be heavy with the Insta. Insta is obviously a fantastic opportunity for, for the imagery that you guys will be wanting to show your customers as well. So uh, definitely subscribe to these pages. They will make your life in the office a lot easier. Um, selling this fantastic product. But um, on behalf of Backroads Touring, I'd like to thank Emanuela from Italian National Tourist Board for joining us today. I thank hope you, Dylan. No problems at all, my friend. I hope all have learned as much as I have. Now, I'm a repeat offender with Italy, so I thought I knew a hell of a lot. I know nothing. So I really appreciate the time we've got to, uh, got to go through all the little sort of nooks and crannies that the regions of Italy uh, have. And I, what I might even try and do is um, later on in the season, maybe re-engage and we'll We'll touch on a few other areas as well just to keep you know the learning um fluid with all our customers coming back into the the real world of travel hopefully sometime sooner rather than later is that, is that all right with you Emmanuel? of course yep that's what we're here for fantastic fantastic all right well ladies and gentlemen once again thank you very much for your time look forward to chatting to you all soon thank you thanks guys bye Hi, my name is Dylan Hearn and I thank you for tuning in to Come and Let's Talk Tourism Body Tuesday, hosted by your favourites Backroads Touring Co and our wonderful tourism bodies around Australia and New Zealand. Please tune in via Anchor FM, Spotify or Apple Music. We thank you all for your support and we ask you to share this with any of your colleagues or friends. We will continue to try and innovate this learning experience for you all together. For any visuals of our presentations, please log into Facebook and subscribe to 
Backroads Touring APAC Agents, Backroads Touring UK Agents, and lastly, Blue Roads Touring NA Agents in the North American market. We thank you again and we welcome you to our next podcast very soon.